Every year, for millions of parents, students, and teachers around the world, September means one thing. The long summer holiday is coming to an end, and it's time to go back to school. It's an exciting time for many students and teachers. For 23 years, that's how it's been for Rula, who teaches computer science at a high school in Beirut. She's also got two children at school. But this year, Rula told me, is different. We were facing one issue, one problem. Now we have a lot of problems. You have the traffic on the roads in front of every fuel station. You have the fuel problem. You have the electricity, the connection, everything. And you have the COVID. We still have the COVID. You're listening to Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, Finbar Anderson, and this week, we're looking at the impact of Lebanon's economic crash on the country's education system, potentially leaving thousands of children without proper schooling. Before we start, make sure to subscribe to Beyond the Headlines to get the latest episodes. And if you haven't heard it already, check out our mini-series, The Blast, about the events leading up to the Beirut explosion and what happened after. Lebanon is in the grip of a fuel crisis. As the Lebanese lira collapses against the dollar, the cost of importing is getting ever higher. That, in turn, is causing a power crisis. This is nothing new. Anyone living in Lebanon over the past decades will tell you that power has been problematic. Since the end of the civil war in 1990, successive governments have promised and failed to deliver 24-hour power to the tiny country. In the meantime, the country has learned to make do. For many, especially in Lebanon's main cities, that means relying on power provided by private generator owners for the hours that the national grid is off. Many homes, and the vast majority of restaurants, bars, museums, and even schools all use this system. But as the national grid produces less and less power, the generators have buckled under the extra burden. Few are now able to run throughout the day. In fact, most are only able to provide a few hours power each day. And so, Rula has no idea if schools will be able to stay open. Most schools have been given a provisional return date of mid to late September. But Rula thinks it's perfectly possible that they'll be back to studying from home within months or even weeks. Winters are cold in Lebanon and those big school buildings take a huge amount of energy to heat, energy that most can't find or afford. But, as Rula explains, asking the kids to work from home brings its own set of challenges. The power problem, the Wi-Fi, the connection problem, uh, it's not the, the same timing in all the areas in Lebanon at the same time. So you can fix a time and yalla, we're all uh, online together. You, you can't fix it. There are areas with no power during the day or no generators or uh, the Wi-Fi is uh, bad. The connection is... Um, there's a lot of problem for teachers and for students. For one student, these problems couldn't have come at a worse time. 
it's I never actually pictured uh, my school path to end this way. Brian Albanna is a 16-year-old high school student. He'll be finishing college this year. Usually, for Brian, September brings that familiar mix of emotions. He's saying goodbye to the long, languorous summer holidays, but he'll get to see all of his friends again. But not this year. In fact, just a few weeks ago, Brian had to say goodbye to his very best friend, who, he says, chose to leave because of the steadily deteriorating situation. To be honest, all of my friends are leaving the country. All of my friends, without exception, if not this year, will leave. Uh, uh, the, you know, will finish the last school year and will leave for college. Uh, actually, one of my friends, my best friend, uh, left uh, left Lebanon last week, and it was pretty emotional because he do he didn't want to leave, but he did didn't have an option also. And now. Even those mundane chores that students and parents have to check off before the start of a new school year have taken an expensive turn. Uh, in the last few years, September meant only one thing. It's uh, back to school, the idea of back to school. We went to the libraries to search for our books and usually they were easily findable. And we used to buy some pens and pencils for the new school year. However, this year, uh, most of our books are too expensive for us uh, because uh, there is a, an economic crisis in Lebanon. So you uh, you also have to think about the price of the books, the price of the pencils and pens that you have, uh, that you need to go to school. Uh, actually, for, uh, at the dollar rate, it's the same, like the book cost uh, uh, $30 back then, it was like 45,000 uh, Lebanese pound, but now $30 is uh, about 60, uh, 600, uh, 600,000 Lebanese pounds. Some schools have tried to ease the burden where possible. Brian says his school is allowing students to forego a uniform this year. That fuel crisis I mentioned earlier it's not only affecting the power. Lebanon is a small but mountainous country. Public transport is almost non-existent, and most of the public is reliant on cars to get around. Fuel shortages have caused long queues with people waiting for hours at petrol stations for just a few liters of precious fuel. And Brian thinks that could get worse if and when he goes back to school. You have to wait an hours for six or seven uh, hours just to uh, refuel your car. So that will not be advantageous during school times, where you have only a few uh, time, a few time left after school to refuel cars. In addition to that, uh, due to school, uh, all of uh, all of the concentration to refuel cars will be at the same time. So let's say uh, every parent will go pick up. Uh, their kids from school at 3 p.m. and they will directly go to the uh, station to refuel their cars so there will even be more congestion. Sometimes uh, they will wait hours and hours and uh, won't be able to refuel their cars and uh, that's considering that uh, parents have enough funds to uh, fill up their cars. It's been a tough year for children around the world. 
Etty Higgins, a deputy representative for UNICEF in Lebanon, told me how the extra pressures on Lebanon's schoolchildren are going to impact them. We really need to be cognizant of the level of trauma that children are going through in their households, what they're hearing every day around the dinner table, the parents struggling, regardless of nationality, struggling to make ends meet, uh, deciding if they need to make difficult uh, journeys abroad. Um, you know, how are they going to put the next meal on the table? Um, so children are suffering from an unprecedented level of stress um, from this crisis. Despite the efforts of organisations like UNICEF to get as many children as possible into school, the reality of the crisis means that many are missing out. Almost 100,000 children that were in private schools have transferred to the already overburdened public sector since 2019. And many in the public sector are dropping out altogether According to Etty, more than 750,000 children in Lebanon are out of school. Many school-aged children are working, and the rate of child marriage in some communities has gone up drastically. Etty says that not being in school is going to have a huge impact, not just on a children's education, but on their development at a crucial age. The impact on children, especially on younger children, like those under the age of five, um, it's meant that from the age, critical ages of maybe two, three to five, um, these are ages where children would learn to be sociable. They would learn their speech would be coming on. They would learn, you know, around, about their surrounding areas and communities and be out with their parents and families and siblings more. These children haven't had that in many cases. They haven't had the opportunity to go to kindergarten um, or to go to nurseries. So it means that they're, in the emerging evidence shows that they're more anxious and that they also um, are shyer in public in public um, situations. And in many cases, their speech as well um, has been, uh, their speech development has actually been negatively um, impacted and that they're slower developers. And these years are absolutely critical um, uh, for the early childhood and they have an impact for on the rest of a child's life as well. So there's a lot of missed opportunities for early childhood education and, and development and their entire development of their personalities. And so as the crisis worsens, the population's desperation is having a terrible effect on the education sector. At the beginning of September, a local newspaper reported that a public school in a rural district in north of Lebanon was broken into. Among the valuables the thieves made off with was equipment used to provide the school with solar energy. Rula, the teacher at the Beirut private school, has seen that desperation, and it worries her. Her husband runs a fuel station on the edge of Beirut. He's seen that desperation up close. The desperation that comes when a commodity that people have previously relied on to live their lives, all of a sudden runs out. Fuel station owners and workers have been attacked and threatened. Many have taken on private protection to counter the desperate drivers flooding their concourse. For Rula, it brings back unpleasant memories. And uh, it's enough. Because I lived in the war uh, timing and I remember every time you can hear the bomb 
you go hide, then when it's explosed, you go and play. It's not easy. I don't want my kids to live like this. Plus, it's, it's a huge responsibility when you have kids and, and it's not secure no more. Definitely, when you see all the problems on the fuel stations, uh, people are, sometimes they are so stressed, they don't think no more. They don't use their brain no more. When someone uh, shouts on a gas station, he's not thinking. And when, when the economy will be worse, people, they will starve, they will start uh, doing anything to get uh, food for their kids. For Rula, it's the security situation that's weighing heaviest on her mind. Although there are a host of other issues that might be occupying her thoughts. As a teacher, she gets paid in Lebanese lira, and so the value of her salary has plummeted. Many schools have negotiated a modest pay rise for their staff, but it's nothing compared to the amount the lira has depreciated. And the flip side of her pay rise, of course, is that schools are going to ask parents to pay increased fees. So as a parent with two children at school, she's going to end up paying more. Teachers, like Rula, are sympathetic to the needs of their students. But they also need to live. Shortly before the scheduled return to school in September, a group of public sector teachers called a strike and staged a demonstration in front of Lebanon's education ministry. We, teachers, we are here to raise, to raise the voice of, uh, of poverty, the, uh, to raise the voice of, um, um, of suffering. Uh, today, we, we are, we are going to start uh, the school year without any uh, oil. We, we are living in a big crisis, really. Uh, most of our salaries is, are, uh, are about uh, $100 per, per month. Uh, it's so low to live, uh, even to eat. We cannot eat, really. We are suffering, we and our children. We cannot buy even uh, bags, pencils to our, uh, to our children. Yeah, it's really a big, big crisis. As each of these burdens add up, those that can are looking to leave Lebanon. Although that option is only for the fortunate, Rula says. Everyone is confused. Everyone is thinking to maybe uh, travel, go anywhere else for the future of their kids. Uh, there are a lot of people, they left already last year. And this year there are few are thinking to maybe pack and leave uh, later. Because maybe you can face a lot of problems, but when your kids are out of school, they are not getting their uh, educational uh, as it should be, they will think about their kids' future. And not, not everyone can travel. They don't have the possibility, maybe, to, to go somewhere else. And while Lebanon hopes to strike a deal to import gas from Egypt and electricity from Jordan, there's currently no end in sight for the fuel crisis. Lebanese politicians 
are still deadlocked in talks over the formation of a new government, stalling any prospect of enacting the vital reforms necessary to counter the currency crash. And as the politicians argue and delay, Essie Higgins says it's Lebanon's children that are losing out. It's really important, though, that even though many of the crises in Lebanon are political, that we remember that these crises are the cause of adults. It's adults who cause these problems and it shouldn't be children who are paying the price. And I think ultimately that's what we want to get across, that we need to cut through the politics and we need to look at the impact these various crises are having on children. And these are the future of Lebanon. You've been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Finbar Anderson. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe. And if you have time, please leave us a review. We'd love to know what you think. Thanks this week to Rula, Brian Albanna, and Etty Higgins. This episode was produced by Aisha Khan. <laughs>